Weak Knees, Shaky Voice, Blackout and Fear of Failure. Whether it's on stage, during a business presentation, difficult conversation or even on a first date. We all had stage fright at some point in our lives. But what do we do about it? And where does it come from? Hey, sweet people, how's it going? If you're looking for the sweet spot of your brand, you've come to the right place. This is the Sweet Spot Podcast and I'm your host, Mark Zeus. Today, I'm talking to a good friend of mine, Dr. Thomas A. Kukulis, also known as the Rampenpfau. Rampenpfau can be translated from German as stage peacock, something like a stage hawk, but way more elegant. And that's what Thomas does and what he helps his clients with. He's a coach, a trainer, a podcaster and a media entrepreneur and he's been on stage himself for over 20 years. Today he helps people to appear confident. In this episode you'll hear what Thomas's own path to the stage was like, how you can deal with stage fright and overcoming anxiety and how you can build a successful personal brand for yourself. Thomas and I had a glass of wine and so much to talk about that this actually turned out to be a double episode. So without further ado, please enjoy my first part of my conversation to Dr. Thomas A. Kukulis, the Rampenpfau. Welcome to The Sweet Side. This is The Sweet Spot Podcast with Mark Zeus, investigating entrepreneurship, purpose and the creative life. Sweet people, today I welcome a very special guest. He's back on the show. He's been here before in the German episodes, and it's my pleasure to introduce to you the international audience, Dr. Thomas A. Kukulis, also known as the Rampenpfau. Hello. <laughs> nice to be here again. Thank you for inviting me. Welcome back. Nice to have you. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you so much. It's been a pretty busy day so far, and... Now I'm glad to sit here with you and have a little chat. In the studio. And yes. have some wine, because tradition demands that when we meet for a podcast, we gotta have wine, since you're not only wine expert, but also you used to drink with your guests on your podcast, Ausgesprochen, Ausgetrunken, which you can't translate, really. I came up with something you could say, speak up and drink up, or something like that. This could could be a... It's pretty good, yeah. Pretty good. <laughs> the idea is getting my guests drunk to get better answers. Exactly. That's <laughs> what I'm trying today. Yeah, you're doing the same. So cheers to that. Cheers. So I brought to you a, a German white wine. It's from Pfalz, which is called Palantine. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Palantine. It's the region in Germany and it's called Scheu. Aber geil, it's a Scheurebe, it's a, it's a German white wine grape. It's like shy but horny. Exactly. It's pretty much what I'm all about. <laughs> Amazing. So I read a description that this is something like a German Sauvignon Blanc. Would you agree? No, not really. <laughs> I thought so. I thought so. No, this, this is pretty much marketing bullshit. Yeah. Like Sauvignon Blanc is totally different from Scheurebe. 
I mean, it's different from a Riesling. All right, we can say that. Both are different from Riesling, but they are not at all like the same. Yeah, no. yeah. So I'm <laughs> lacking the English vocabulary to describe it, but it's it's a light, nice wine to slowly get drunk during podcasting, right? Should serve Definitely, definitely. I like Scheurebe. It's a pretty nice grape and it's good for like afternoons. Yeah, see? We're yeah. totally on track here. Perfect. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so, Thomas, you know, I wondered, I think this pretty much feels like home to you since you have a lot of experience behind microphones. Of course. You started your career as a radio host, mm -hmm. got your own podcast, which we just mentioned. Um, you've been a guest on my German version of this podcast. So can you guide me and the sweet people a little bit through your career behind the microphone? Of course. It started almost 25 years ago when I was a radio host in different radio stations, local radio stations. And my goal by that time was to become a famous radio star like mm. Howard Stern. Holy shit, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love Howard Stern and I love his sound and I love his character on air. And this is what always fascinated me. And I, I always wanted to become someone like Howard Stern. Yeah. I also thought about going to TV shows someday and become mm -hmm. a TV host. But actually, radio was my first love and maybe it's my last. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, that's and cool. This is, this is how it started. And this is when I first got into touch in situations when I spoke to a public audience. Mm -hmm. I was in a situation... I mean, by that time in the radio, I didn't see my audience, but yeah. but it was only for half a year, one year, and then it started with live events. So I, mm -hmm. I saw my audience and yeah. got on stage and, and I also had this experience and it was fun for me. I, I loved that. I loved being in front of people and, and speaking to them and delivering a message. And I, I had one concert i was on by metallica and this is yeah this is yes <laughs> enter sandman <laughs> you, i love the voice the James Hadfield. Puppets, yeah. he's so amazing <laughs> and i had like an epiphany on the concert it was when they played nothing else matters and i i was in that crowd it was like sixty thousand people or so yeah. and james hatfield sat on this on this bar stool and just had an acoustic guitar and played that song and sixty thousand people stood there and were silent mm -hmm. and, and listened mm -hmm. to him and watched him sitting on that bar stool. And then when when the guitar solo kicks in, yeah. then he <laughs> he got off that bar stool and kicked it behind him and it and, yes. and flew like six or seven meters behind him to the drum kit. And it was a fucking amazing moment for me. Yeah. I felt that so much. I felt, felt goosebumps all over my yeah. body. And, and I, I thought, I want to do that <laughs> for people. I want to yeah. be on stage. And I mean, I'm, I'm kind of like a rock star, but maybe not with music, but with words. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I want to touch people with my words. I want to give something to them, which lasts, which yeah. I never forget. I mean, yeah. this is like 25 years ago 
this Metallica concert and I still remember that feeling. I still mm -hmm. can get those goosebumps when I think about it. And this is what, what I want to give to people. I want to touch them in an emotional way they won't forget. That's, that's an amazing purpose. That's like a very great moment that I think everyone can relate to. If you've been in a situation that really touches you and you feel like hey, that's what I want to do. And I think everyone can apply it to their own industry, their own craft. I mean, yeah. you're not a musician, but as you said, you do it with words. So before we go any further, I really wondered, how did it feel to you that switch from you're in the radio station, you mm -hmm. don't see your audience, it's just a red light coming on. And of course, you're aware and you're alert and you're performing. Yeah. But then you switch to a stage with a lot of people in the audience. Did that change something within you with the energy or the, the flow or the, the creative rhythm of what you do? Of course, because it's an, it's a different situation. I mean, if you don't see your audience, you have to imagine mm -hmm. that there are people. Yeah. <laughs> When I started my radio career, my, my radio coaches always told me, print something out, print out mm -hmm. your listener and, and put this print beside your mic. So you yeah. see someone. So you talk to a person and don't talk in, in like a technical thingy. Yeah. And and this is this is very very important also for all people out there who make podcasts or yeah yeah start something like a radio career. You have to talk to people. Mm -hmm. You can't talk into a machine. The machine is the the thing which transports your voice to people. Yes, but you have to talk to people. You have to know your listener. You have to know the person you you're talking to, and. You can't forget that at any moment. Yeah, that's, that's so that's an amazing takeaway because this is actually what I do with a lot of my clients. Yeah. If we do, uh, let's say we talk about branding, communication, storytelling, you always mm -hmm. got to have a very clear image of the audience you're talking to. Yeah. So one of my favorite clients, he actually did a life-size printout of his audiences. So in his kitchen where the, all the marketing meetings happen, there are like this old Uh, Bravo was a Bravo German youth exactly yes. it was a German youth uh, yeah. youth magazine yeah. and you always had a celebrity cut out star portrait <laughs> in life size so you had to collect yeah. like 10 issues of that magazine always in the centerfold was a little piece of your celebrity star and if you attach them all together you have a life size whatever Robbie Williams Mick Jagger <laughs> whoever it was so and they actually did that and I was so proud because we had a workshop and we were working on Uh, the, all the different target audiences and buyer personas and yeah. they really they really dug into this because they always struggled with ah, ah who are we talking yeah. to what are they struggling with yeah. and then they had this they, they were so proud they invited <laughs> me and hey mark before we go into the meeting room come with us to the kitchen and there were this life-size cutouts oh so my cool. god yeah. it's so amazing yeah. it's amazing who would you print out who would be your life-size audience besides the mirror <laughs> <laughs> she's so bad <laughs> no i mean if you would print out a celebrity who you would like to talk to who would it be oh my celebrity yeah yeah for the for this podcast or for my studio that's a big difference that's a real big difference i don't care i just want the real life celebrity picture I okay I, okay you. i gotta think about this for a second if i had to print out a live size celebrity yeah. that i want to address yeah do you know yours yeah okay you start with yours while i think about mine courtney yes. love holy shit yeah That's fast. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be able to focus on your work <laughs> yes i know i know 
<laughs> but if you can convince Courtney Love, then you can convince anyone. It's probably true. Yeah, yeah man. It's probably true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then I would stick with one of my writing idols, Hunter S. Thompson. I oh, would print wow. Him out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> This is like Fight Club here. Yeah. <laughs> Who uh, would you fight against? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so amazing. <laughs> you shouldn't fight Courtney Love, though. No, I She would wouldn't. kick your ass. No, by the way, no, I mine wouldn't. Too. <laughs> no, I wouldn't fight Courtney Love. Definitely not. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> so, but hey, I introduced you as trainer and coach for yeah. rhetorics and uh, confidence and stage appearance and all yeah. of that. So what's your journey like? We, we just took, took off as a radio host and yeah. then a live event uh, moderator. Mm -hmm. And then what happened? Well, when I had a few years in radio and live event hosting, I thought about What about in 20 years? Mm. I had fun that time. I, I, I never was that, that real journalist, like political stuff. Mm -hmm. I, I went to concerts and festivals and talked to bands and was on events and parties and the had fun all, stuff. The, all the backstage fun stuff. <laughs> and this is what I wanted to do. And it was cool by that time, but I always thought about what about in 20 years? Mm. Do you still want to? be on, on backstage after show parties. And I thought, yes, I want to, but I also want to have different options. Yeah. So I decided to go to university and I started popular music and media studies. And it was pretty much everything I did by the time in the radio. Where was that? In, in Germany? Which, it was which uni? In, in Paderborn and Detmold. Mm-hmm. Detmold is a, is a small city, but it's super well known. It's one of the best musical and, and pop high schools we have in the country. It definitely is. Yeah. Yes, it definitely is. And they have an awesome studio. It's mm -hmm. so amazing. Some, some really great people I've met recordings there and pretty amazing people there. And it was a very cool time. Met cool people to some of them. I still have contact today nice. and yeah and by that time i had a very cool job as a student i mean i, I didn't deliver pizza or, mm -hmm. or <laughs> was it a bar not. no i <laughs> no i i had the chance to give my own trainings at university because nice yeah the 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 dean of of the university got me in his office and, and he talked to me and said like, you know how to speak in public, right? Yeah. I heard about you. You were on the radio. Yeah. Can you teach our students to make better presentations? Yes, I can do that. Okay. You got the job. Nice. And so I was able to give my own seminars at university while I even was a student. Yeah. That's amazing. It's that really was, cool. that was a very cool job. And I, I discovered that I liked this very much and I liked it even better than just being in front of an audience and making party and making like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're, sure. you're still with me. Yeah. 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 yeah <laughs> like absolutely. this stuff. I mean, I was, I was also a club DJ for yeah. 10 years and, and I did all the party stuff, but this felt different when I got home after a seminar at the university, it, it felt like I delivered something That was meaningful. Yes, yes, yes. And this yes. is this is what changed my my view 
to that stage appearance thing because stage appearance in like <laughs> moments at a festival a party yeah like in your free time in in your in your time when you enjoy yourself and and have a party and get drunk and yeah it's all right and and you can deliver great moments there but if you deliver something which really changes the life of a person yeah this is so much more meaningful 100% yeah and this is this is what i wanted to do so after university after i finished university i got into nlp neuro linguistic programming mm -hmm. and I learned all about NLP and did my degrees there. So for, for anyone listening yeah. who doesn't know what NLP is, yeah. could you give us a quick quick guide through what, what, what can we imagine as neuro-linguistic programming? Of course, NLP was developed at the end of the 1960s, the beginning of the 19, 1970s at the University of Santa Cruz. And two scientists thought about how can it be that some people are much more effective in their way of communicating in a mm. professional way. Mm. They looked at different psychotherapists and thought about how can it be that they are so much better than all of their colleagues. Mm. They they are so much more effective. Yeah. I mean, they don't have any supercomputer or something yeah. like that. They only use their voice and their thoughts on what happens to their clients they're talking yeah, to. Yeah. So there must be something in the way they talk to their clients and in what they say to their clients. So they analyze it, they recorded mm -hmm. hundreds of hours of therapy sessions and analyze it and, and found patterns. And those patterns were the basis for NLP. This is how this came together. It's like different scientific approaches and they all are combined it's little little mathematics yeah. it's linguistic it's neuroscience and all is combined together in finding patterns to optimize your communication skills and if you learn this you can optimize communication with someone else you talk to someone else mm -hmm. with yeah like a goal you have for the communication you want to get to some point with a person or with yourself this is what most people forget when they hear about nlp they think nlp is like some witchcraft or devil shit it's voice voodoo yeah it's voice voodoo <laughs> yeah that's amazing voice voodoo yeah. i haven't heard that before no it's it's just it's just patterns i mean we we have patterns in our head we are like mm. machines we are learning machines and we learn patterns to get through our day Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. think about decisions we make we make from 10,000 up to 20,000 decisions per day yeah. if you would make every decision in your consciousness yeah. <laughs> you nuts. wouldn't get Go to nuts. the yeah. end of the day so we we find patterns in our head to yeah like a computer have the software running in the back and can focus on the really important things yeah so these patterns are installed one time and then they run on and on and on yeah. and most people don't think about those patterns about those software yeah. things that run in the back and they don't change it and sometimes those software pieces are good are great i mean if you learn don't don't touch don't, the fire don't touch the fire <laughs> yeah. or don't cross the street without looking yeah 
it's cool. It's yeah, yeah. definitely worth knowing that. But if you learn, don't talk to strangers. They mm. are dangerous mm. and they will hurt you. I mean, if you are four years old and... That's okay. You, yeah. yeah. I mean, you're, you're a child. It's yeah. okay. It makes sense. But if you're grown up and you think about, oh, I, I'm not allowed to talk to strangers. Yeah. They are dangerous and they will hurt me. Yeah. Yeah. Then it will limit you. Yeah. It's like it's a subconscious belief that you still carry with you, right? Yes. And you can break them. That's yeah. actually amazing. I I heard a um I think it was a speech by um Sam Harris, mm -hmm. great guy. Mm -hmm. And he gave this speech, and this was years ago, but it changed so much of my perspective. He gave a speech about you are not your thoughts. Which yeah. sounds way more trivial than it actually is because you have this con constant stream of consciousness going on, always having this monologue in your head, yeah. thinking out loud things, talking to yourself, yeah. repeating your belief systems. And to detach yourself from that is was such a big step that made such a big impact that yeah. you are not this constant stream of chitter chatter in your head and you can mm -hmm. take a step back from that really, really huge thing. I don't know if that's NLP, but... It reminded me of it. NLP is nothing new. NLP mm -hmm. just <laughs> uses different approaches and makes a bundle of techniques from it. Mm -hmm. So there is there is anything in it from like meditation and getting alpha waves to your brain <laughs> up to like linguistics and, and rhetorics. Yeah. It's yeah, it's a multi multi-purpose tool <laughs> and Actually, it's nothing new. But it sounds super amazing. It is okay. super amazing. It is super amazing. And I mean, I when when did I learn about NLP? It was like 20 years ago. Yeah. And that I really learned it is like 15 years ago or so. And for me, it's part of my everyday life. I don't think about it. I yeah. use it. Yeah. But this is the interesting thing. And when I talk to people who haven't heard about NLP and I tell them things and show them things which are pretty much on the surface and mm. not even the deep shit they are like wow that's amazing mm -hmm. and i it think is, about it because say, it is yeah it is amazing because it is yeah actually. it is amazing and you can do very cool things with it with yourself mm -hmm. starting with yourself but also in communicating with yeah. other people yeah and to me this is a super important and not very often looked at chunk of successful storytelling so you can write your story and then you have to repeat it or present yeah. it on stage yeah. or yeah. convey it in a video in a stage presentation on social media or whatever and if you're it's like a it's like a supercharging for your actual storytelling maybe it's not the strategy it's not the creative but it's how to put it in the right words and how to present it to people i think nlp can be a really important stepstone to to telling great stories on different levels yeah On the level of like a didactical model, mm -hmm. on the level of the rhetorical tools you use to really get the story into the head of your audience and starting with yourself, optimizing your perspective on communication, your perspective perspective on other people and yeah. and yeah, like your mindset, how you deliver your stuff to other people mm -hmm. how you get in touch with other people this this is where it starts yeah i mean it in rhetorics it always was that way that we we always learned uh humanistic mindset 
Mm-hmm. It never was only the techniques. It always was the mindset. And yeah. NLP is the same. Yeah. And people talking about NLP like being that witchcraft thing or what did what did you say? Voice voodoo. Voice voodoo. Voice voodoo. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's yeah. It's maybe like people that learned about NLP in a not so nice context. They mm-hmm. they learned NLP from someone who used it for their own purpose, but not in a nice way. For yeah. example, there's a lot of bullshit out yeah, there. Yeah, there's a lot of there's bullshit. like pickup artists and all of those guys. For using example, wannabe NLP techniques. Yeah, sales But, uh, guys. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But I mean, you're on the good side of the NLP training, which is nice. Yes, and lots of people are on the good side, but you yeah. always <laughs> hear about the abusement first. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. of course, bad news make the headlines. Of course, exactly. And and this is this is so bad because NLP is something so powerful you can use for so much good things. Mm-hmm. Like in in therapy, there are so many therapists who use NLP. I mean, was developed in that context. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a great tool for really helping people change their way of thinking, change their beliefs, change their habits to be yeah, healthy again in yeah. their minds. Yeah. And to consider this and to think about this mm-hmm. as a tool which is so important right now and like for the future. Yeah. Is It's amazing. Yeah. To me, that always resonates with if you see successful entrepreneurs or artists, mm-hmm. let's say, okay, someone who's super famous for this is Kanye West. He just released this um, this um, three-episode documentary about him on Netflix. I think it's it's three shows or four. And you see him, he started this documentary at the beginning of his career, yeah. which is to me a super impressive move because he was like, okay, I'm just yeah. beginning this. I'm a producer. Now I want to go into performing arts on stage. I immediately hire someone to film a documentary because I know I'm going to make it. And the way he speaks is so we're used to it now. But if you, if you circle back a little bit and look at it, it's, it's to me, that seems like textbook NLP, the messages he sends to himself, the way he believes in himself, the messages he puts out there are always incredibly optimistic and positive and maybe, a little self-involved, but still he's so convinced of what he's doing and he's putting it out there. And it's one example of many. There are many other artists who do that or entrepreneurs who do that. And I think that's an interesting part of it, like self-motivation and yeah, presenting yourself in an optimistic way. It is. I mean, think about the market. (laughs) The arts market is full of people who don't make it. They want to be, they try, but they don't make it. And (laughs) if you put your mindset right, It's still no guarantee you make it, but... But it's a huge chunk. Yes. Yeah. Yes. If you get your focus on the negative things, mm-hmm. if you focus yourself on what if it doesn't work out, what... Yeah. And if, if, you, and yeah. if you have the belief system of the starving artist, yes. it's like it's like a catchy image. Of yes. course, if you buy into yes. that, it's, it's out there. Yeah. Yeah. Do yeah. you know the secret? Secret to what? The secret. I know a lot of secrets. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> Which one do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> the juicy ones. But the book, The Secret by Rhonda oh, Byrne. No. No. I'm going to put it in the show notes. Tell us what is Definitely. it. Definitely. The Secret is a book by an author who like made NLP pretty accessible. 
And she didn't talk about NLP. She just talked about getting your focus right. Mm. And in some ways, it's a little too cheesy and <laughs> very okay. American style. Oh, I mean, she, okay. she, she talks about <laughs> painting yourself like big checks of huge amounts of money and you have to hang it above your bed. Ah, so yeah, it yeah, yeah. comes to your mail and the check comes but, to your but mail. But I heard people do that, actually. I know, yeah. I know. And... It's all right to do that, but I think it's more than that. You can't just paint a big check and then sit on your couch and do nothing. This won't work out. Yeah. If you combine it with like hustling your ass off mm -hmm. for your goals, yeah, yeah, then, yeah. okay, pretty good. Yeah. And pretty good chance it will work out. You yeah. got a positive focus and you get your ass off the couch and do something for it. Yeah, absolutely. Talking about getting the ass off the couch. Yeah. Um, when we left your story, your ass was in university, <laughs> sitting in class or teaching <laughs> other students. Um, what happened after that? As I said, I, I got into NLP and mm -hmm. made my degrees in NLP, made my NLP master. And then I started giving seminars in the free market Yeah. for like companies. And it was cool, but... It wasn't enough for me. Mm -hmm. I wanted to learn more and I wanted to get more deeply into what's possible. And because I I also did one-on-one -on -one personal coachings, yeah. I wanted to develop myself further on that. So I made a Heilpraktiker für Psychotherapy. Okay. It's like an alternative medicine for like psychotherapy. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. a special degree you can only make in Germany. Yep. There are it's very common here, actually. Yeah, it's very common. And it's pretty interesting that it is only here in Germany. There are similar models in other countries, but the high practice of psychotherapy is only possible in Germany. Yeah. And I, I did this degree too to yeah, get more deeply into how psychology works and how how the basis of NLP on one level is mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and also to be able to work with clients who are mentally ill. Okay. Because lots wow. of coachings are very deeply. I, I started coaching, personal coachings, and I realized that actually some of them are really deep shit. And mm -hmm. I, I wanted to have the skills to, yeah, yeah like be able to to really really work with those people and, yeah yeah and, yeah and really help them not just on a, on a superficial way and making some nlp voodoo shit yeah, yeah. <laughs> but to to really help them on on a deep and yeah. yeah like clinical psychological way because nlp is good but it also has limits yeah Sweets, people, it's time to meet your muse with my creative coaching. Sometimes even experienced brand owners and marketing teams get stuck. How do you establish a new product within your existing range and which brand strategy suits the best? How do you create innovative and exciting content for your brand? How do you keep telling engaging stories for months and months to come? We'll find answers to all of these questions and more in the Meet Your Muse creative coaching. We'll focus on a specific challenge or question and find a variety of 
creative ways to solve it, from brand or product strategy to design and marketing tasks. Find the right questions to ask, break down creative blockages and find ideas that can be implemented immediately and are effective in the long run. Let's boost your creativity and find innovative solutions. Check out sweetspot-studio.com and book your creative coaching now. And now, let's get back to the show. I heard a great sentence about this, like a pilot's training is not for taking a flight on a sunny, nice day. It is. It's when engine two is on fire and you're in the rainstorm and yeah. shit is about to get down. This is when you need your training. And this is something I wondered about before our talk. What do you think about, because if I open let's say Instagram or LinkedIn or whatever, yeah. I see a ton of young people that present themselves as coach for something or trainer <laughs> for something, which is, I mean, I, yeah. I'm, I'm rooting for everyone who yeah. found their entrepreneurial path and who's, who's trying to put themselves out there, build a brand and, and get things going. But at the same time, I feel like if you're in your mid or late twenties yeah. and you coach people on big life things, mm -hmm. whatever they may be. May it be through yoga or through eating right, business mindset, whatever. I always think it comes with so much responsibility and maybe there are some people out there who can actually do it. Mm -hmm. But I always, I always have to think about this pilot training thing, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. I think you really need to go deep with it when mm -hmm. shit hits the fan and you need to, re mm -hmm. to help someone or discover something before it actually is too late. <laughs> what do you think about this i'm thinking about a quote when i did my degree in high practical physiotherapy mm -hmm. <laughs> and <laughs> i sat there and i heard that sentence and it was the best therapists are those who have everything and pretty much means You have to be really fucked up to be a good therapist. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It was pretty cool. It. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Have everything in terms of they're affected by everything themselves. Yeah, mean? because Or you, you know it, you feel everything. it. Yeah, okay. You yeah. feel your clients. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and it was it was great because I thought about, okay, it's not about being perfect. It's not about being like clean of all of those flaws yeah. in your mind it's it's like accepting yeah. accept, accepting it and, yeah. and be like cool with it yeah. and and say i know about it i know what's mine so i can i can feel my client and i don't project myself and project my problems onto him yeah but yeah. i'm staying with myself and my client stays with himself and, yeah. and i help him getting different approaches of thinking on his problems 100 that's what oscar wilde wrote in importance of being earnest a man should either know nothing or everything yeah. <laughs> so you went with everything yeah, which is yeah, amazing yeah. <laughs> me too <laughs> it's it's great and, and then you have a real chance to to feel people and and really help them and changing their perspective yeah you can say yeah. oh i had that too <laughs> i had that too <laughs> totally totally maybe not like th like that in a therapeutical setting but yeah 
and but within a different, you, which you can resonate away. with them. Yeah, yeah you know? absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, so we dove into a little bit into your into your education, your training, yeah. your path yeah. to who you are today as Rampenpfau, which we totally yeah. gonna gonna cover later. So, you work as a trainer and a coach, and among other things, you help people with performance anxiety, stage fright, and also with a you say souverain auftreten which yeah. could be translated as a presenting yourself in a courageous way yeah pretty much in a if confident way confident way that's yeah. also a good way to say yeah. It. yeah so if i look at you today i wouldn't imagine you ever struggled with that so how did you discover this topic for yourself did you see a lot of people struggling with it did you have a moment of doubt within yourself um, because it's a great niche and I, and I, everyone who talks to you and all the clients yeah. I met are absolutely amazed by your work. So how did you get to the topic? <laughs> You're asking about one moment I struggled. Wow. How much time <laughs> do you have? <laughs> I mean, I've been doing this for like 25 years by now. Yeah. So there were lots of moments when I struggled, when I had problems, I had so much stage fright when I started doing this in the radio as well as on live stages with live audience. I I struggled with performance issues. How do I present myself? Which, mm-hmm. yeah, what what can I do to develop myself? How how can I find my personality, my on stage personality? How can I develop my brand? It was a process. Yeah. It was a process that took years. In the radio, they told me you need like seven to 10 years to be a real radio personality. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, it is. And <laughs> from my own experience, maybe not seven, maybe not 10 years, but. A few years, like mm. five years. Yeah. 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 But this is what I thought about. I wanted to improve. I wanted to get the shortcut for mm. my clients. So I developed patterns. I developed coaching programs that help my clients to not take like five, seven or 10 years, but use my experience for them and find their own personality this is what it's all about i mean i help people overcoming their stage fright i help people in rhetorics i developed my own rhetorical system and writing my dissertation when i did my phd and yeah it's it's all right but it's all techniques on the basis you need to develop yourself you get to know yourself you need to know who you are you need to know what your mission is what your vision of life of the world is what you want to create what your legacy is and this is what it's all about i mean it's the same with you you have brands to develop that and so they are pretty much parallels there are a lot of parallels in what we do i think yeah yeah, yeah. totally but the way we actually do it and work with the clients is very different mm-hmm. so how can i imagine if i book a seminar with you or i hire you as my coach yeah how does how does working with you look like it depends on what you want to achieve mm-hmm. and it depends a lot on <laughs> how open you are at the beginning of the process oh that's right yeah yeah and and the beginning <laughs> is, is a really important part of that sentence because <laughs> with my long-term clients in the personal VIP coaching program, it changes. Mm-hmm. They come to me and they say, oh, I got stage fright and I need to feel 
more confident i need to overcome my fears of public speaking or i want to improve my rhetorics or i want to develop a great speech and then it changes over time i get clients who come to me for years and years mm -hmm. and and they they develop different ideas during the process because they see the bigger picture yeah. they they come to me with a pretty hands-on problem and when when we get more deeply into our work then they see wow there's so much more there's so much more and they they get hungry they want it yeah and and this is when the interesting part of my work starts yeah i can totally imagine yeah so you mentioned a couple of things i know you do online seminars you do one-on-one -on -one coaching you do a yeah. vip coaching yeah is is there any way i can i mean I, of course i can I, you can check your website or your social media it's all yeah, on the show sure. notes but what what questions can i can i ask myself or let's put it a different way if, if i'm about to have maybe a stage performance or anything else and i don't have the time or the possibility to book you is there any any quick fix tip you can give someone who's about to go to stage or about to give a speech or something so anything they should look out for i can put it together in one question for you mm -hmm. and this is a question every listener who is into that topic can ask himself do you for the rest of your life still want to put on that fucking mask that doesn't fit you or do you want to get your suit for getting on stage Mm, I like that. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> put on the mask and put on the suit. Yeah. Are yeah. cat suits also allowed? <laughs> also. Leopard print cat suits? Yes. Slam animal, rock? Okay, perfect. Animal print is totally fine. Then I'm in. <laughs> I know you are. <laughs> Amazing. Yes. Yes, you are. You know, I remember we worked together for a little video I did, um, mm -hmm. which which you sweet people can check out on the on the Sweet Spot Studio website. Yeah. It's one of the spot-on classes, and there you talked about stage performance, very hands-on. You had a lot of physical tips on how to get into your power and your body and breathing techniques. Yeah. But within this conversation now, you talked a lot about mindset. So maybe we can we can do a little deep dive into that because I think this is super interesting. How can people be aware of their mindset? Or this seems like such a huge topic, which is mm -hmm. in parts in your conscious brain, mm -hmm. parts of in your unconscious side of the of the mind. Um, how can people approach this whole topic of mindset? Because I think it, it sounds like it's super important and you're very deeply working with that. So, so how can I get a hold of it? There are so many mm -hmm. different approaches to that. I think you have to find your approach. There's not one mm -hmm. way. There's your way. And mm -hmm. it's all about your way. You have to find it. I mean, what are the questions you are asking yourself? What are your pains? What are your fears? Mm -hmm. It pretty much starts with your pain and your fear in the topic. Of yeah, course. Yeah. yeah. But if you if you're afraid of talking to other people then ask yourself why yeah and when you get the answer to that ask yourself why mm. always ask why and get to the source get to the start of your problem get to to the root of your fears mm -hmm. and there is the start of your journey yeah i read a book once it's 
I think it's called The Artist's Way. I'm not very sure. Uh -huh. And one of the big leading ideas of this book was that you should, as an artist or a creative person, you should travel towards your resistance. And this is something that really resonated with me. Yeah. And, I, and I wonder what you think about this, if, the, if you could put it in context with fear or mindset. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Because, I mean, you talked about artists in general. Um, which we touched on before, like one of their minds or belief systems is, okay, there's this image of a starving artist and you have to be kind of an outsider to society mm -hmm. until you maybe make it, but it's very unlikely. And all of that stuff that's related yeah, yeah, to yeah. a lot of yeah. creative crafts. Yeah. And I think she, what, what she meant in terms of resistance is, of course, on the business side, but also on the side of ideas and inspiration. And mm -hmm. there is something worth pushing against, which to me resonates in terms of, your comfort zone, mm -hmm. trying out new things. Mm -hmm. And really, as you said, kicking your own ass, getting off the couch and yeah, travel towards your fear, pushing against the resistance. Is this something you can, you would sign off? <laughs> Most people won't start their journey when the pain is not big enough. Mm -hmm. Most people will only start when it really is about existence. It yeah. really, really fucks them up. What what they <laughs> are experiencing yeah, yeah. and then they start I mean, yeah. we could start before but hey if the grass is green still green on sure. on your side why start sure pain is not big enough and maybe it's somehow too late i mean it's never too late to start but you can start like five years earlier before it hurts yeah, yeah. right Yep. You could, you could. Yep. Most people won't do it. I mean, I experienced it myself. I'm not, I'm not better than anyone else. <laughs> sure, I think I think we can all relate to that. Yeah, sure yeah. is. But it would be easier, yep. and you can get much further, and it doesn't hurt so much, and you yep. maybe don't don't fuck up so much. But what is the? Can you can you describe this? I think if you understand this pattern once or yeah, if you yeah. understand this i don't i don't want to call it a trick but if you understand this mechanic behind it yeah how would you describe this how what can i change i mean I, i'm 100 sure i have a lot yeah. of things that are yeah. totally a blind spot for yeah. me so what do i have to change in terms of my perspective to discover them and become better you mentioned before the point where it starts to get uncomfortable mm-hmm This is the interesting point. As long yeah. as you are in your comfort zone, we have three zones we talk about in coaching. We have the comfort zone where nothing changes, where all your old habits from your subconscious are working and everything is like it was before. Yeah. If you don't change your mind, you don't change your habits, you don't change the patterns in your subconsciousness, then nothing will change outside. This is the point where it starts. The next zone is the development zone. And this is the interesting zone. Mm -hmm. It hurts a little. And <laughs> the more you get into that zone and out of the comfort zone, the more it will hurt. Mm -hmm. But there is development. And the third zone is the panic zone. Yes. This is where <laughs> pain is so big that your amygdala, your stem brain... Yeah will put you in so much stress, will put out so much stress hormones that you're yeah, you're not capable of acting anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You you get into panic, you freeze and and you feel like falling mm -hmm. into mm -hmm. eternity. 
Ja. This is too much. Ja. Don't get into the panic zone. That's like the deer in the headlights. You can't move, you can't do anything. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You have to you have to consider it as a scale. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. On the yeah, on the like comfort zone, your your stress level is like one, two, three. Yeah. It hurts, but it's okay. Yeah. It it can hurt a long time, like decades. Yeah. People live in their parents for decades yeah. and then they get they get like illnesses like cancer and shit yeah. because they are not living their real lives yeah. they are living in pain is there actually a correlation between physical sicknesses and this this comfort zone mindset thing yes there is wow it's yeah. difficult to prove it but yeah. more and more scientists even in clinical psychology think about this as a valid these yeah. So yeah. yes, of yeah. course, of course. It sounds absolutely legit. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. You and neglect then, yourself for twenty years; it has to have an effect on you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and in NLP, most core NLP people are a little more progressive on this, mm -hmm. and they, I mean, it's yeah, it's discussable. <laughs> but some NLP people say that you are. Your diseases mm. are made by yourself, mm. are made by your subconsciousness. Yeah. I don't totally agree with that. Yeah. In some cases, it might be that way. In some cases, not. Sure. But sure. it's definitely not healthy yeah. if you don't can agree on that. your true yeah. self. Yeah. That's my point of view. Yeah. yeah. And if you want to develop, then get out of your comfort zone. So get your ass off the couch. This is, yes. this is the picture. Yeah. Get to yeah get to work work with yourself and in the development zone yeah push it as far as you can push it as far as you can just try and and get one step further by the time mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. the more you get towards the panic zone mm -hmm. the more development you will have rapid development because you have to adapt quicker yeah right? yeah. yeah yeah exactly but don't get into the panic zone because then it's too much. For sure. yeah. And this is what, what the job of a coach is, of personal mm -hmm. coach. He helps you. He leads you into that zone <laughs> yeah. in, in a space where you are safe. Yeah. It's like <laughs> there's often that picture of an island. You're on the island. And then you get into the water. It's not the deep water, but you get into the water. And then there's the super deep water where the sharks are. Yeah. And the coach does nothing more than take you by the hand and helps you, guides you into the water yeah. and, and talks to you and helps you to find the blind spots. You mentioned the yeah. blind spots, yeah. which is pretty important because you can try to get there by yourself, but some spots you don't see. Yes. And you need an external perspective guidance, yeah. and guidance. Yeah. And not your partner, not your best friend, not your mother. No, you need some professional yeah. who can see that. Sure. Yeah, 100%. And this is the job of a coach. And this is what's so worth it because you can, yeah, you can do it like I did when I was on the radio. It took me years and years. And I went to media coaches, radio coaches, performance coaches. I did that. But it took me years. Or you book someone who is fucking expensive but who's worth the money yeah. but because what's what's worth your lifetime yeah absolutely if you 
like suffer for five or ten years yeah. and fuck up your life and you won't pay yeah. a few thousand dollars for your coaching. Yeah. Okay, your decision. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> you know what? And so two things. First yeah. thing, I like the idea of the coach taking you out of your zone and everything because yeah. I can see you now in a Top Gun movie setting. <laughs> I'm hearing the 80s track Highway to the Danger Zone. So Kenny I really Loggins. like that. I really like that. Awesome. I love it. <laughs> Wind in your hair. Yeah. Leather jacket. glasses. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, sure. So I just got to get that out of my system. <laughs> and then again, I think there's a big parallel between our jobs again because yeah. I, I researched a little bit about the psychology and the science behind creativity. Yeah. And there's this this thing everyone strives towards is called this this flow state, this state of flow where you yeah. lose a little bit sense of time and yourself and you're just in the craft, you're just doing something. If you are listening to this and you're not a creative, you can maybe compare it to if you ever took a very long car drive and you experience it's daytime and your mind just drifts off while driving. Mm -hmm. You do the stick shift thing. Well, mm -hmm. if you're in the US, obviously not, but you do the steering and mm -hmm. everything else is in a kind of a non-conscious automatic mode and mm -hmm. your mind just drifts. You think about something very else and then you snap back into it and you're like, whoa, I was driving half an hour and my mind yeah. just went to something very different. And that's maybe our runner's high if you jog for a half an hour, 45 minutes and then yeah. you just wander off. You could compare this a little bit to the flow state if you're painting, making music or whatever. And I found this piece of research that also correlates this three zones you just talked about like mm -hmm. development zone mm -hmm. is also where you can get into the flow state you sure have to can. be a little overwhelmed a little bit outside of your usual limits and capabilities but also not in the panic zone and then is that's that's where the good shit happens mm -hmm. you can get into the flow state in the development zone yeah but you have to trust the process always Always, and that's 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 what I mean. You have to trust the coach to take yeah. you there, or you have to trust the weird yeah. creative design guy to yeah. take you there. Yeah, yeah. trust and, is number one. And yeah. this is the point: you can get there by yourself, but it's much more difficult, much more difficult to get in, yeah. in the state of trust if you are standing there in the development zone, looking at your panic zone, and you're standing there alone. Mm -hmm. If you got your coach by your side, if it's your your brand development coach or your personal development coach, doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You're not alone. You got a professional by your side who can say, all right, we can, we can take one step further now, but not one more. Yeah. Yeah. He guides you. And this yeah. is, this is the point. And then you can, can get into that state. If you're alone, it's not that easy. Yeah. hundred percent. I think we need some more wine. So let's do a little quick break and I get us some more white wine and then we'll be right back. All right. Ooh, sweeties, what a talk. I guess you can tell that Thomas has a ton of experience behind the mic and when it comes to confident appearance. I think it's great that he shares some of his insights on how to find and present yourself on stage and also talk about his own struggles along the way. Next week, I'll be back with the second half of our talk, where we'll dive deep into personal branding, analyze some well-known personal brands. Don't forget to like and subscribe if you like the Sweet Spot podcast, and I'll hear you next week on the Sweet Side. Yeah.
This podcast is produced by Sweet Spot Studio. New episodes each week, wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you enjoyed the show, leave a rating and subscribe to never miss an episode. Find out more at sweetspot-studio.com.